Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is January 6, 2020. Can you believe it? We are in a new year. I am hoping that whatever resolutions and goals that you have for 2020, that you will be determined and focused and passion-driven and accomplish everything that you set out to do by December 31st, 2020. And so I've got very simple goals for this year. My first goal is to take a real estate class. My second goal is to go back to college and get my master's degree. And my third goal is to travel more often. Those are the only three goals that I have for 2020. So this podcast is going to be very quick. I decided to talk about my love life and how things have been going for me since I decided to date. And so, un announced to me I met two really good catches or really four and I narrowed it down to two so the first one that I met guy A I think he was 32 years old I think so anyhow I, I, I remember that I am a decade older than he is and um, I didn't expect him to be that much younger than I am simply because of the way that he carried himself the way that he spoke so forth and so on and it turned out that this really young black man owned two companies a five-bedroom house never married never had any children. And I was looking at him saying to myself, there's men in their 40s and 50s who did not accomplish what you've accomplished, you know, period. And so I spoke to him, you know, for, uh, I'm going to say a week or two. And then I decided, you know what, he's way too young for me. And eventually he's going to want to have children and um that's not what i want even though he was very accomplished for his age a lot of accolades for his age such a young age he would really only be good you know for fun for sex to travel with whatever occupy my time if i feel bored or or lonely or whatever the case may be but I knew that I would never take him serious enough to live with him, to marry him, and to have children with him. So I explained it to him and um, let him go. The second guy, I called him, I'm going to call him Pretty Boy Floyd. (laughs) Pretty Boy Floyd because he was a pretty boy. And I thought that he was 39, 40 years old, and he wasn't. 
I think he was in his early 30s as well, 30, 31, in that area. And I was like, oh, no, no, baby. I'm <laughs> I can't do this. Pretty Boy Floyd was very pretty. He wore a lot of gold, a lot of expensive clothes, expensive sneakers, expensive hats. What I liked about him was... His knowledge of love, relationships, and marriages, or marriage, even though he was single, for all of what he knew, uh, I still learned a lot from him in a very short amount of time. And it was because of him that I appreciated black love and I, I came to a place to respect black love. Before him, I just appreciated love and respected love as a whole. But when it came to the black community in specific, it was because of him that I had a new love, a new respect, a new re appreciation for black love. Now, Pretty Boy Floyd the reason why I let him go was because he cared about his looks more than I cared about his looks. And he thought that his looks held some sort of weight in my eyes, being that I'm a woman over 40 and single. And yes, he had accolades and, and um, he had a nice body and he was very attractive in his face. And he dressed really well, and he wasn't, you know, the type of man that had, you know, five kids by six different women. I I liked some basic core things, you know, about him. But there was a lot about him also that I did not like. He required a lot of attention. He required a lot of responsibility from me that he should not have been requiring, seeing that we were not in an exclusive, committed relationship. We were just getting to know each other and courting. That was it. Another problem that I had with him was that he, th he expected me to love him the way that he loved himself when I didn't even know him like that. And I was very confused as to why he had that type of expectation. I found him to be very high maintenance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, verbally. And he tried it financially. And he asked me to borrow some money from him. He asked me to borrow some money from me. Uh... And I didn't understand why he thought that I would give it to him. And I suspected that he was used to dating older women who financially supported him. And they paid for these $500 sneakers and these gold chains and gold watches and so forth and so on. But he had the wrong chick. I am not a desperate 40-plus 
single woman. There was no real reason for me to give him any money or to buy him any gifts or to loan him anything. We were not in an exclusive, committed relationship with each other. We did not live together. So, for two reasons, I had to let him go. The first reason was because he was high maintenance and the price he wanted me to pay, I was not willing to pay simply because I didn't like him as much as he loved himself. And the second reason was because he had the audacity to think he meant that much to me that I would actually loan him a couple of hundred dollars. We're not talking about $25, something like that. It was a couple of hundred dollars, like not too shy of $1,000. And I was like, useless something you have got to be kidding me wrong chick so he had to go for those two reasons and he was very upset about it not that I cared but I was confused as to why he was so upset so then we have two others um one of them owns his own business and he's in my age bracket and the other one um, is a six-figure earner. So one is an entrepreneur and one has a career, a, a job, however you want to word it. And here's what I learned from dating the two, these two men. The first thing I learned is that women can move too fast when meeting a man and when a woman moves too fast and start planning like living together and having children and getting married in their own minds it can actually scare a man off and cause him to go in another direction the second thing that I learned is that when you're dating you will see things about yourself through someone else that you need to improve on. Like the one thing that was prominent for me is that I'm very old school. When the signs of the times have changed, we're in an age of technology. And I'm still looking at DVDs. <laughs> Even though I have Netflix and Amazon Prime, I'm still, I got my Tybo workout DVDs. I look at them. You know, I'm into, um, like my favorite movies are Love Jones, Love and Basketball, The Five Heartbeats. I still watch them on DVD. And so I still kind of do things the old school way. They have always worked. <laughs> so I just never shifted uh, as far as technology goes, uh, into what is current. And so I had began to improve in those areas. Like I got myself an Alexa Dot, and I got myself um, a smart TV, um, just various different things, like even dish racks. If you go on Amazon and you put in dish racks 
you will see how different dish racks are. Before you just get a little plastic dish rack, maybe a metal one, you know. We even had bamboo dish racks for, for single people that didn't have any children. You were able to get a bamboo dish rack. You know, you have your little two plates and your one cup and your one spoon and your one fork. You know, that's that. But dish racks are completely different today. I even saw some sponges that were different. You know, we've always had square sponges or or circle sponges. I saw one that was a smiley face and it literally had holes in it for the eyes and the mouth. And it was round. And I said, really? I've never seen a sponge like this before. I've always seen square sponges, right? So I've just decided to kind of, you know, improve on the things that God has been showing me about myself, like come out of being old fashioned and come into the sign of the time and be, you know, more modern and more, you know, up to date. The third thing that I learned is let a man ask. If a man is thinking about you, ladies, and he wants to see you, he'll ask you out. He'll ask you, when are you free? He'll ask you what it is that you like to do. He'll ask you, uh, what do you do during your free time? He'll engage you. And so the last time I dated, I am the type of woman, even though I am an alpha female yet feminine, I still go for what I want. If I see a man, I like him, I find him to be attractive. I'm initiating, you know, the conversation and exchanging numbers, so forth and so on. And I would be the first one to call and I would be the first one to say, hey, what are you doing? You know, next weekend, Friday night, blah, blah, blah. But I've learned with dating these two men that it's best that you let a man ask you. Don't be so assertive. The next thing that I learned is that that it's not always a good thing to always be available. Sometimes you just need to be busy. And the reason for that is because if you're looking to date with a purpose, meaning you want to court or date and see if you know you vibe well the two of you get along you got some things in common there's some chemistry between you two maybe you want to go to the next step which is um, being in a committed monogamous relationship or to be exclusive with each other and hopefully you guys will you know fall in love with each other and then take the next step which is engagement and marriage The way that you separate yourself and stand out from the crowd of women that are very, very masculine and the things that, you know, they do when it comes to being with a man, you you differentiate yourself by not doing the things that they do, other women do. It's very easy for a man to get sex, so to speak. He, there's Pornhub, there's Instagram, there's, I don't know if Backpage still exists or not. You had that. 
Um, there's some girls, you can just offer them some marijuana, some alcohol, and their panties is coming off. I remember listening to um, a video on YouTube and this woman was talking about how she introduced one of her um, female friends to one of her male friends. And the guy was saying to her, hey, you know, women, you know, you go out on a date with a woman and you have a good time or whatever. And then, you know, you go back to her house and the woman is coming. She leaves to go change her clothes and then she's coming out, you know, in a negligee and she's lingerie and she's half naked if if she even has anything on at all and so it's very easy for a man to have sex but this particular female that he had went out on a date with two weeks went by and the woman never threw herself at him sexually she never initiated she never uh, instigated she never brought it up nothing of that sort and because of that the man had took an interest in her. So I said all of that to say, you stand out from, I learned that I could stand out from the crowd of women who are over-sexualized and always throwing their panties at someone by simply just not doing that. By simply just keeping my legs closed. The other thing that I learned with dating these two men is that men will take their time with getting to know you. They will take their time. There are certain questions that they'll ask you over the phone. And then there are certain questions that they'll ask you in person. And then they just sit back and watch and they see and they cycle. And when it comes to me, they psychoanalyze everything. I say everything I do the way that I walk. They analyze my different hairstyles. They analyze the way that I talk, the words that I use, what time I wake up, what time I go to bed, the things I like to eat, what I like to drink. Um, if I'm family oriented, when I shop, like every little thing about me, they're, they're analyzing it and they're also judging, which brings me to the next thing that I've learned. I've learned to always speak positively and to speak these positive things into existence, to be optimistic, to not be a Debbie Downer. Don't say anything negative about about yourself or about someone else. Don't be gossipy. Don't be slanderous and backbiting. You know, anything, anything negative, just don't do it because what you're saying is being judged. But what you're doing is being psychoanalyzed. That's what I learned. Another thing that I've learned when it comes to the art of seduction. <laughs> I'm just going to spit this one out and not be so, so politically correct. Listen, the commodity is, is the vagina. 
The vagina is the commodity. Women really have all of the power because of the punani. And if you use sex appeal with a man, you can bring him to a place of ecstasy and you can pretty much get anything you want from out of that particular man. And you have about 24 to 72 hours to do it. It depends on the man. If you exceed that time, <clears throat> that, that, that place of ecstasy goes away. It's kind of like an adrenaline rush for a man. And a, the adrenaline rush, if you study adrenaline and what it does, uh, it also, after a while, it phases out. And so ecstasy is the same way. Excuse me. So if you bring a man to a place of ecstasy with your sex appeal, you can get anything you want from out of a man. This is what I learned. So always know there's some men that will purposely lower the standards just to get your poom poom. You have to be discerning enough and love yourself enough to say, hell no, I'm not accepting what you offer me and get out of here. And you need to go on about your business after that. There's some men that want to pay or invest in as little as possible to get some punani, though they need it. There's some men that will rather meet Jesus that to never have sex again with a woman another day in his life and still be on earth. There are some men that will blow up the planet. <laughs> they will just blow earth up if they will never get the punani again another day in their life. The punani is the commodity. The woman is the real gem. It's the woman who is valuable. Don't ever let a hood ninja make you believe that you are nothing without him. That you're just going to be some lonely old person with 10 cats in your house if you don't accept the lowered standards that he is offering you. Tell him to get on up out of here. That's a man that doesn't have any real respect for women and that started in the home. What did his mother do or not do that caused him to not respect women. And then after that, he got with some chick that hurt his little feelings and broke his heart by cheating on him. And now he really don't have any respect for women. Never date a man that does not have any respect for women. There are plenty of men on this planet that have respect for women, especially those that have daughters. Daughters who got titties, a period, and, and they're getting it popping. Okay? Let's just keep that all the way real. Because they don't want a man to do to their daughter what they've done to women. And so, they kind of change their attitudes once they once their daughters start developing. Mm -hmm. So, The entrepreneur, 
He and I went out on a date, and it was very spontaneous. It was not planned at all. And the both of us actually were talking about having something to eat for dinner. And uh, I said, wouldn't it be great to have waffles or pancakes or something like that, you know, for dinner? Just totally not watching your waistline <laughs> and getting some breakfast for dinner. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's go to IHOP. And I was like, for real? OK, cool. Let's go. And so that was our first date. We went to have breakfast for dinner. And as I sat across that table with him, the whole vibe that he was giving me about himself was that he was a one-woman type of man. And it was then that I decided that I would continue to date him and to see where things go. When we had um, a second meeting, it wasn't a date, it was a meeting, completely spontaneous. I just so happened to be cooking Sunday dinner, and he came by and he said, listen, what can I, what can I bring you? And I said, listen, I'm just looking for some chocolate, so maybe you could find some Intamin's donuts, chocolate donuts, maybe some chocolate ice cream, you know, whatever. It can be a chocolate marble pound cake. Just as long as it has chocolate, I'm happy. You can even get me some, like Snickers bars, Crunch bars, some Raisinets, you know what? It just needs to be chocolate. He said, okay. He went to the bakery and bought me an entire chocolate mousse cake. And on the top of the mousse cake, there was chocolate covered strawberries. Not a slice, not half the cake, but an entire cake. And I said, okay, this man goes above and beyond the call of duty. And that was the second thing that I had liked about him. And I said, okay, this is somebody who is honest. When I ask questions, he gets to the point. He doesn't do a lot of talking. I can't take an extrovert that's using 20,000 words to get the point across, whether it's a male or a female. I personally, I can't take it. So, you know, the, he has some pretty good, you know, characteristic traits that I had liked. And so I said, well, we're going to see what happens. And then I decided to have a conversation with him about exclusivity and the response that I got from him let me know that yes he is a man that will commit but he needs to see how I am before he agrees to being exclusive and there was absolutely nothing wrong with that at all whatsoever he didn't just jump right into anything at the same time, that caused me to withdraw from him a little bit, and I'm glad that I did. Let's talk about, let me see what I'm going to call him, Mr. Fortune 500. That's what we're going to call him, Mr. Fortune 500. So we met in our initial conversation. I think we were talking to like three, four o'clock in the morning. And 
he was saying, you know, I'm glad I stopped you and, you know, talked to you a bit. You know, I like you, so forth and so on. I was like, yeah, this has been a really good conversation tonight. I haven't been on the phone like this with a man in so long, like I can't even tell you how long it's been, maybe in my 20s or something like that, you know. And, you know, I told him he seemed really down to earth and cool and very laid back and non-judgmental, and he was very knowledgeable, and I enjoyed that. And so we did um, a FaceTime for a few minutes and that was cool and then he said okay let's get together and have a date I was like okay cool you know no problem so he says to me listen I want you to put on some sweatpants because I'm gonna wear some sweatpants I said okay well where are we going what you got planned for me he said I don't know but just put on some sweatpants I'll figure it out I said okay cool so I'm thinking where the hell are we going and we're both wearing sweatpants, but I'm I'm a little bougie. And I tell people this all the time. Just because I'm West Indian and you see dark skin, and some people say West Indian is black. Anyhow, I tell them, I am not the one who is going to, you know, talk, you know, with your hands and and you know, moving her head around and, and fighting and I don't have purple braids and, you know, I'm not that angry woman type of, you know, person. I am just a little bit bougie. I go to sleep in jewelry and perfume. Not not really jewelry, but I have like some everyday wear earrings and the necklace that I wear is what I wore for my, um, when I graduated college with my associate's degree and I sleep in satin and silk and I sleep on, um, memory foam pillows and I have like my salt rock lamp and I'm playing like sounds of nature, you know, in the background and I'm just very zen, you know, calm, cool, collected you know, very soft-spoken, that's me. Don't expect, uh-uh, bitch, ah, snatch your wig. Um, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. And so, I said all of that to say, I didn't have regular sweatpants. I went inside Macy's one day, and on the table, they had these really pretty, pastel color sweatsuits by Nike and they had the pants with the matching sweatshirt and I said ooh and I think I you know well I paid a little bit of money for it that was okay uh, you know and so I put on this tracksuit or sweatsuit <laughs> for this first date and I made sure, you know, my hair was done or whatever the case may be. But he had on regular sweatpants and some really old gym sneakers, sneakers that he wore to go to the gym to work out in, and just a T-shirt, you know, whatever. And he was just so comfortable. 
I didn't care because I'm not judgmental. And he did say, we're wearing sweatpants. And so we walked by this Asian restaurant and I really couldn't see what the, the menu was saying. I was like, I don't feel like it, you know, raw. I don't eat raw anything anyway, except for vegetables. And so we're not going to go here. And so we went by two other restaurants and um, I was not comfortable with the ambiance at these here restaurants moving right along so we did not go there and so I said how about cooking something like a cheeseburger and french fries I'll be very fine with a cheeseburger and french fries he said oh I'm greedy let's turn that up a notch how about like a bacon cheeseburger and I was like oh let's get it he was like I bet so we went to the supermarket and he got the lettuce and tomatoes and the ground beef and you know there was a certain type of bread that he got it came from the bakery and it wasn't like the Hawaiian rolls or and it wasn't potato bread and it wasn't even hamburger buns these was like some rolls that came from the bakery not regular rolls and um he got everything he needed to make these bacon cheeseburgers. Then he got sweet potatoes to make French pot, French fries. And he said, how do you feel about it? I said, I'm okay with it. As long as it's cooked, I'm happy. I don't like anything raw. It has to be cooked. That's just me, with the exception of my um, porterhouse steak. I do like it to be a little bit bloody. Other than that... Everything needs to be cooked, and that's that. I don't. I don't want no raw salmon, and well, I'm, I'm not doing it. Mm -mm. I don't want caviar, chitlins. I don't want none of that. So, you guys, we get back to his place, and there's a doorman. As soon as we walked in the building, and I was like, oh, like you would never look at this guy and think this, like ever. And so I knew that either he had already purchased this apartment or he had the option to purchase. And so we go to his place and he did a really good job. I think he has some help, to be honest with you. I think he has some help. He did a really good job with decorating the place. And he had like this huge patio that could fit like 50 people on it. And I, I mean, he did a really good job. And so I'm sitting down at um, this nook that he had in the kitchen. And he's playing upbeat music. And he gives me some Pinot. I like wine. Red wine. Doesn't matter to me if it's sweet. Doesn't matter to me if it's dry. Just as long as it's sweet. Uh, just as long as it's red. But he gave me some Pinot. And it was sweet. It was nice and cold. And it tasted really, really good. But he wouldn't <laughs> tell me the name of this particular um, red wine. And let me tell you something, I had two glasses and was drunk. But I knew what was going on and where I was at. And so, you know, 
He was just dialoguing with me, interacting with me, entertaining me and talking to me. And, you know, questions that he had on his mind that we never talked about over the phone. He asked me in person. And this is why I said, you know, when a man wants to know something about you, if he's interested in you, he will engage you. And so even though we had like just a basic meal, it was just a bacon cheeseburger and sweet potato fries and we had wine. And if you guys know anything about, you know, wine with different meats, red wine pairs with red meat really, really well. So if you decide to have someone over your place for dinner, any red meat that you have, you go with the red wine. And so we ate, we laughed, we had wine, and then he taught me how to smoke a hookah. I knew absolutely nothing about smoking a hookah. And I really had a good time with him. The next thing I knew, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and we just stayed in the kitchen area. That that was all we did. We stayed in that kitchen while he cooked and and drank. And I really, really enjoyed myself. And so as I was, you know, putting my coat on to get in my Uber and go home, he said, you know, I really enjoyed you, and I do hope that you come back. And I said to him, I had a really great time, Um, you know, on a date. I hadn't had fun like this in a very, very long time. And I thanked him, you know, for the wine and for the dinner, for the ambiance and so forth and so on. And I went home. And let me tell you something. It's been a couple of days and I had not thought about And I can't stop thinking about how good of a time I had with him. And all we had was cheeseburgers and wine. That was a better experience for me than the entrepreneur guy when we went to IHOP. And there was... With Mr. Fortune 500, there was no talks of why are you single? There was no talks of what do you want? Where are you going You know, with your life? What do you want to do? You know, There was no talk of that at all whatsoever. And when I left him, I just sent him a text, you know, letting him know I got home safely. And then I fell back and I waited for him to reach out to me and he did and he said you know I didn't hear from you like all day today and I just wanted to see what was up with you blah 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 and I thought that was a really good thing so I just came on to let you guys into my dating life a little bit in the beginning of 2019 And I really just wanted to share that really good experience that I had with Mr. Fortune 500. And I I, I can't even like find the words like I, I can tell you when you look at him, you would never expect he graduated a map with a master's from a 
a master's degree period, let alone he graduated a HBCU, you would never think that he was, you know, in a sorority. You would never think that he was a Fortune 500 man. You would never, all these things about him, all these accolades, the way that he has his life together, you would never look at him and think that at all whatsoever. The ambiance that he created, I'm going to say he partially thought it out because originally the plan was to go to the Asian restaurant. He knew that that was something that I had not done. I've been to a Japanese, you know, but not Asian. I just really appreciated the ambiance that he created while at his house. We did various different things. And so take some tips from him. If you're going to invite someone over to dinner at your place. Remember to be spontaneous. Remember to be yourself. 110%. Just be yourself. Tell the truth. Because if you tell the truth and somebody asks you the same question a different way, later on down the line, your answer should still be the same because you told the truth. And that builds trust. It builds trust. The other thing that I want to say to you is you need to think about why you're in someone's presence. A man is not taking you out on a date for no reason at all. There's a reason for that. He wants to see something. And what he wants to see is just going to depend on that particular man. So anyhow... I'm really liking Mr. Fortune 500 over Mr. Entrepreneur. And it was really just because of that that date. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. He just treated me a, a very different from any other man, any place. Well, any other man that I've ever dated before, that's, that that was all he did. He just treated me better. And so he, another thing that I've noticed, you know, with these four people whom I've met is that I have, and I said this last year when I was in an Uber going to my doctor's appointment and I was just having a conversation with the Uber driver and the way that he spoke, I knew that he was educated by an institution and self-taught educated just in the sound of his voice. He never has to use a, cur a curse word or a cuss word like ever. And I knew that by meeting that particular Uber driver that I was going to start meeting a different pedigree of people. If you go back and listen to the podcast from November, um, You'll hear my story about that. And so we're like six, seven days into the new year. And even before the 2019 had even ended, I had begun to meet a different pedigree of people. I don't know what it is that I did right in God's eyes. I do not know. 
I have no idea. But I am very thankful that I am like the Jeffersons where I am moving on up. So I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you've learned something from it. Um, I hope that you learned a little bit about me, whom it is that you are listening to. Do subscribe to the podcast, The Unicorn Club, and um, be notified whenever it is that I randomly create these podcasts. Shalom.